Hey, welcome to today's episode, and I am once again joined by our producer, Bo Snyder, and we are doing something really cool this month. We're calling it Movie Month, so we're basically going to be breaking down different movies, uh, sagas, franchises, and, and different uh, areas of movies, categories from different studios, and we're going to be pulling out the truth that you can find in these stories, and so I'm really excited about it. Hope you are too. My name's Luke Clayton, and this is Connection Culture. again here we are again uh, talking about something you are excited to talk to or talk yeah about. yeah well uh yeah this so today we are going to so we've been kind of graduating in terms of if you will and i, I kind of want to do this intentionally in terms of the age brackets yeah sure yeah. pixar's obviously man younger kids families all around yep. and i love that mm-hmm. marvel older kids teenagers adults you know now we're going to go into something that really is, I mean, maybe young adults, maybe some teenagers, uh, but definitely it's its more on the adult level, not in terms of like, oh, you know, because whenever you hear like adult, you're like, oh, it's going to be more raunchy. And No, no. In terms of content it's as far deep. as, yes, yeah, story and things like that. And that is the films of Christopher Nolan, which Christopher Nolan. is no secret that he's, he's got to be my favorite writer director out there. Yep. Um, and uh, because he's simply done some great stuff. So, because here's the thing, here's what's awesome about Nolan: you're either a huge fan of Nolan, whether you either realize you are or you don't. Right. Because people, a lot of people don't even think about directors. They don't think about the well, writers. They, and directors. they don't. A lot of people can't even name directors of stuff like we can. So, if I were to say we're going to talk about the creator of the Dark Knight series, now everybody's interested. Yes. Because there is no question. That those, that's one of the best trilogies yeah. of films to ever exist. Yeah, The Dark Knight, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Huh? So, what we're going to do, here, here's, I think, with the approach that we will take. Uh, let's take, uh, first of all, let's talk about a couple of his earlier films. Okay. Just kind of so people get an idea of where he started. His, his kind of first feature film was Memento. I have a confession. I've never seen his first film. I've never seen it either. Uh, but I've, I've, I've heard it's really good. Um, because here's what Christopher Nolan is known for. These very he's he's cons, uh, a, what we would call a nonlinear storyteller. Yes, that is the nonlinear. Non, he, which means that he is not following any sort of. Um, uh, he really doesn't follow a timeline mm-hmm. as far as in a traditional how time would unfold. He messes with time, big time, which is amazing, and yeah. that's what makes his stuff so so like trippy. Uh, so that is kind of his thing. So Memento really is where he kind of. Um, Kind of introduced this this uh, concept of okay. nonlinear storytelling and really leaning into it, uh, and so then he directed Insomnia. Uh, I've seen it; it's okay. He didn't write it; he just directed it. Uh, and then um, 2005 was kind of his big break, if you will, his biggest film to date. Uh, they chose him to do the Batman. The Dark Knight series. So Batman Begins came out in 2005, which is hard to believe it was that long ago. It is. It is. Uh, and I, we'll talk about we'll, – we'll start talking about the – I think we should talk about the Dark Knight series as a whole. Uh, okay. And so what I'm going to do is, is skip ahead one year to The Prestige. Uh, and so this is his first movie after Batman Begins. And because pretty much with all of these, he did not do the whole series all in a row, uh, he he took he did like one movie he he did then he did another one and then he would do the next one. So the right. whole Dark Knight series spans uh, about seven or eight years. Sure. So the Prestige is uh, a movie. It's about um, 
basically magicians. It's really good. I would recommend if you haven't seen it. It's one of his lesser known ones, but I recommend if you haven't seen it, check it out. It is pretty cool. It's got a pretty cool ending. Now, okay. Yeah, let's talk about The Dark Knight. Let's talk about this series of films. So Batman Begins, of course, begins all of it. And, uh, man, a lot of... So all these movies are so good. So before now, what we had in terms of Batman, we kind of got to know Batman on screen in terms of on like a, in a live action form, that is. The Batman movies of like the 90s? Ugh, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say that when when Batman begins, I mean, I would have been a, a teenager. I mean, this this was the first Batman. Like, this is the Batman that I identify yeah. with. So there's the Keaton you know, Batman of the '80s, yes, which of that movie in and of itself isn't bad. I, you got to okay think of it, it for the time and the era. Yep, yep. You know? But then from from that the original Batman into like. Bat, I think it's then there's Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. That's got Keaton again. Yeah, yeah, it gets weird. Then Keaton bails. Sure. And they recast. Uh, and then they go to Batman. Is it Batman Forever? And now, yeah, now it's, um, right. what's his, Val Kilmer's playing him? I can't even tell you for Dude, sure. And now, now they get Tim Burton involved. Tim Burton's weird. Um, <laughs> and so then, now, then they get really weird. The movies just get weird. The, the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I think those are the two ones that were recent in the 90s. Because uh, then, yeah, Batman and Robin is Clooney. Clooney plays Batman yeah, in that one. Yeah. It just gets really weird it and, is. and it's whatever. Very and so uh so now, you know, they they said, okay, we're gonna have to reboot, we're starting over. Yep. Uh and so Nolan says, I'm going back to the source material, and he says, I'm really gonna give the origin story of Batman, like a good origin story, and that's obviously Batman begins. Yep. So basically we got Bruce Wayne, you know, we see his parents dying, but he tells the story in a nonlinear way. So we're seeing Bruce Wayne kind of in this training with the League of Shadows, and then you know we're kind of flashing back to right. his childhood and things like that. So uh, that is really, um, really, uh, you know, it's just really cool nonlinear storytelling. And then there is a point where we kind of okay, now he's back. He's now back everything in Gotham, is yes, and now everything is pretty, you know, uh, linear. Present if you will. going forward, yep. yes. So uh, things I like about the Batman series, and um, I guess talking about Batman Begins. I love the the theme of so Batman what he's known for the one thing he won't do the one rule that's the Joker starts to call it in Dark Knight mm-hmm. that he won't break Batman will not kill yeah and I thought it was really good I you know I I rewatched uh, Batman Begins or part of it here recently and you know he's he's basically he's passed his training if you will his final mm-hmm. test is to execute he's they ask him to execute someone he says no. I said, this is a criminal. This is what we do. We, 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 we deliver justice, you know? Sure. And he says, well, that's what makes us different. That's what makes us different from them is that we, and they said, well, that's, that's good. That compassion is going to be your weakness. He said, that's okay. Because that is what makes us different. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty, there's something to that. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I think a, a good application is it, this is talking about executing and obviously that's pretty heavy, <laughs> but I think in the general of, you know, you talk about someone who's maybe, um, Christian or non-Christian. Let's just use that example. Uh, what there are things that make us different, and that we're not going to engage in the same warfare, if you will. We're not going to use the same tactics. Yeah. Some of it we will, because it's just humanity. But you know, we're not going. To, we have to draw some lines. Yeah. You know, in how we're going to engage the culture, and so I thought that was that was really good. So. Then as we go into Batman Begins, I mean, we get into uh, the the I believe it's the Scarecrow is the main villain in yes. this one, and then big twist, 
Ra's al Ghul is the villain, his original like mentor. Yes, yes. Uh, and so, um, and, and it just comes back to those clashing ideals of, you know, my their solution is if something gets too bad in terms of Gotham City has gotten so corrupt and wicked, you have to destroy it mm-hmm. and start over. Whereas Batman says, no, we can we can pretty much affect change from within and we can save it. Right. Uh, which again, I. I I think it's just a fantastic underlying idea. I was I was just gonna say the same thing we talked about in the first episode of this with the Pixar is everyone, you know, hates on a lot of these things, but there's so much good story, so much good ethics actually come out yeah. of a lot of these. Now, once again, you can say whatever you want, but it's actually there. Yeah. Most heroes or most, you know, people that are you know kind of in that position, their thinking is correct. They're, they want justice. They want things to be done right. Yeah. And, of course, they're fighting against other forces, other things. But it's like you can pick out something good in all of these. Yeah. You really, really can. I give them credit for that. Uh, absolutely. So this is um, – uh, I, I think it's really good because there are people who want to take kind of – I even know what I would consider to be good people that are on both sides of this maybe approach to – not that they really want to see you know America – you know, physically destroyed. Yeah. But there's some people that say, oh, things are too far gone. We have to tear it down and start over. Mm-hmm. I see people on the right and the left with that mindset. Sure. Uh, but then there's the others that say, no, we, we, what we have here in terms of using America as an example of our country is yeah. a good thing. It's not perfect. Sure. And let's just continue to be, which really comes back to one of the things we've repeated over and over again, you, you, change in our culture does not happen from this top-down approach. It doesn't happen because we do something drastic, you know, and some really big moment just revolutionizes everything. (laughs) No, it it happens when individual people, citizens, decide that, hey, we're going to we're going to do our part, and we are going to affect change on, on our level. And so, again, I, I just really like that kind of underlying theme there of Batman Begins. Of course, then the end of Batman Begins really sets up the franchise. Oh, dude. Great the, the, scene, the, the, man. Great, great yeah. scene. It's just like, oh, yeah. They, yeah Classic so, cinema yeah. uh, ending there. Yeah, they just, and they really set it up for the next one. Oh, they they give him the, the Joker card, and I'll look into it. You know? uh, and by the way, Bruce, or Christian Bale, a great Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I mean, Probably the best. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll give anyone a chance. I like his chance, gritty but, take on it. You yeah. know? It's like we're talking about, okay, so we were talking about Tony Stark, mm-hmm. you know, and he's this kind of like sarcastic, you know, just having fun, you know, very into himself, e- egotistical, whatever, you know, arrogant, whatever you want to call him. Well, on Bruce Wayne's side, he's still got an ego. Yeah. He's still very much like, I'm a big, but he's, but he's a lot more like subtle and quiet about it, definitely, you know? Definitely. Um, and so I, I just think Christian Bell did a fantastic job playing the role all throughout. Let's talk about the Dark Knight. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get to the Dark Oh, man, now. So Batman Begins. <laughs> we got a lot of things to get through, and we're going yeah, to. I love Batman Begins because here. it lays the foundation. Of course it does. But the Dark Knight, this is when it gets real, man. Yeah, this is probably one of the most intense. Here, go ahead. We have probably. The best performance of any human, of any character, particularly a villain, ever in Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Uh, for those of you that are just listening, uh, Luke, I think he looked very intense when he said that. He was just like, that, that was pure, It's true, worth going and watching the video, right? Pure, true emotion right there. It's like, whoa, he was really serious about that comment. <laughs> hey. I, <laughs> Which I, is true. Of course, uh, what what is unfortunately attached to the Dark Knight and this character is the death of Heath Ledger. Yes. Which I would like to make a clarification. Heath Ledger did not kill himself. 
because he played the Joker. Mm-hmm. People, that was the story that circulated that it was such a sick and demented character that it caused him to kill himself. No. Heath Ledger didn't, first of all, it's, it remains to be seen if he really killed himself on purpose. He overdosed, whether that was something he meant to do or not. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know. You, you draw your own conclusion there. However, Heath Ledger was going through a really difficult bout in his personal life. He was going through a divorce, custody battle with his daughter, uh, all stuff that was very uh, weighing on him heavily. Sure. They actually said the Joker, what he loved is that it allowed him to escape that reality and live in this character. And yeah. they said the Joker was the happiest thing about him at this time because he did not – he did not uh, die. It was early 2008. It was like okay. a six months before the movie came out. Okay. By then, shooting was wrapped, whatever. So anyways, I, I don't – because that often, that's the, that's the stigma that gets attached to this film. Right. Uh, oh, so they did this to him. And, yeah, and yeah. It's like, no, he actually really enjoyed playing the part. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there were just other personal things that, that led to that. So it, it, is, tragic. it is it's incre- tragic. It is incredible when you see – there's a couple of interviews of him talking about the role. And when you see, like – him like next to his character, like in mm. all of his makeup and everything, is like there is no way that's the same dude. Yeah. But I mean, this guy, man, everything from his voice, the way he moved. I mean, it is, it is still. I mean, I actually go back and like watch the Oscars. It it is one of the most people will not second guess. Like, oh, one of the most tremendous performances of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, true story. Um, he never he never went back and watched any of his scenes. Now he obviously passed away not too long, but he never watched any of them. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, there's actually that's actually pretty common in a lot of these bigger. Yep. They they just don't watch what they yeah. do. It's kind yep. of strange. Johnny actually. Depp has never seen a yep. movie he's done. Johnny Depp. Yep. He's one probably one of the more eccentric guys. Has never yeah, done that. Definitely. But same thing with him. He's like because obviously one of the people asked him, but oh, what do you think of this scene? He's like, oh, I've never actually seen it put together. I'm sure it came out good, you know. But it's just kind of an odd. Uh, yeah. Thing there. So, so yeah. So, so, and yes, you mentioned this. Uh, yeah, that is one of the Oscars I think that they got right. Yes. They gave him definitely the, pos- posthumously, they gave him uh, best actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, should have definitely got that. And so that was, um, so a fantastic performance from him as a villain. Probably, I was talking about Thanos. Thanos is up there. Uh, Darth Vader's up there. But he's one of my fa- like, Joker is probably my favorite on screen villain. Like ever. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Because there's so much to him than just being a villain. Right. But yet, you never really know how he got that way. Exactly. Like, I was just going to say, they, they give don't a couple really... different versions of they how do. he, you know, you want to know how I got these scars. They and, do. And uh, really good there. So, uh, again, Dark Knight, such a, so, just the the depth of the story yeah. is what makes it good. Mm-hmm. And I think Nolan did a really good job here because obviously here it is all linear. There's no it jumping is. around or yep. anything like that. So what I think he did a good job of communicating a lot of deep meaning uh, that a lot of people really grasp. Sure. They, could, they could understand. And I think the underlying message that's there is the Joker is insistent mm-hmm. that, you know, Everybody is you give them the chance and whatever, and everybody's gonna you know just turn on each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I'll play both sides of the the coin there. From a from a again a Christian worldview, there's none righteous. You know we're mm-hmm. all sinners. We are all corrupt. Sure. So I don't want to lean too much in the fact that no man is good because man is not good. Man yeah. on our own, we are we are evil. However, I think that the overall lying message that hey look, as a society. There is a decency yep. that we all have, sure. just as a community of people. That to me is is really 
that that message that prevails yeah. there, you know, I think is really good. That hey, you know, j- you seem to think that everybody's just going to turn on themselves. Right. And that scene where it's like he's just waiting for them to it's like the blow up the uh, yeah, yeah, it's, and, yeah. it's like it doesn't happen, and he's he's disappointed. Yeah, but Batman's like, I told you so. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. kind of a cool scene. So yeah, I I, I do, man, Dark Knight's it's I I think universally people would agree it's the best of the three. It definitely and is. And it's one of the few where you have the – usually the first or the third is, of a trilogy is the yeah, best. I was just but this say, one in the middle, the middle is, 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 is the, the best. Because the, I mean, the Dark Knight Rises, it's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let, I think uh, – let's get into that. Let's get okay. into the Dark Knight Rises. Because, okay. again, we're not diving into all the ins and outs of the story no, and everything no, here. No. Um, but the Dark Knight Rises – so, to again, to give a little background, the original plan was to bring back the Joker. That was the original plan. Yes. And that was and they had to kind of completely scrap that and obviously start over. So sure. given that, given that had you been able to bring back Heath Ledger and the Joker, mm-hmm. you couldn't recast him. Just no way. No. That would have been interesting to see yeah. how good uh, it's, it's one of those it things. is sad, it is. Because I think the original was to have Joker as the mastermind and Bane. As the kind of they were, I think the original plan all along was to introduce Bane. Was it real? Okay, but now let's let's get into that though. I I like the Dark Knight Rises. I mean, I like all these movies. Okay, uh, and so I think sometimes though, again, it gets this bad rap because it was not the Dark Knight because it could not be the Dark Knight. You yep. could not bring back Heath Ledger. He's, right, he's dead. You kind of had to start over, but with the end in mind. It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. So they, I um, like what they did. They they put a. I think it's like an eight year, even though. There's four years in between releases of the movies. I think they put like an eight-year gap, I want to say it was, in terms of time. Basically, the end of Dark Knight, the uh, Batman takes the fall mm-hmm. for... Um, oh, the last scene of the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. He yeah. takes the fall for... Because um, Harvey or Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. which, oh, man. Another Sorry, villain right I'm going to jump back back to that for a minute. That for, Totally. I cannot go over that. You know, I love the line. You... you Oh, well, oh man, I'm forgetting it. But uh, uh, either you either die here or live yourself live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's like oh, that's exactly We've what happens. About that to him, you know, <laughs> uh, and and yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. There is because there's a lot of truth um, to that. you know. Anyways, uh, but uh, and then another great line there is the night is darkest just before the dawn. Mm-hmm. I love that it's line. Like one. Yeah. So, um, the, but anyway, so yeah, so so what happens is Batman takes the fall yep. for Harvey Dent because. Uh, he says, hey, even though it's not accurate, Harvey Dent was uh, – he said, I'm the Dark Knight. I'm this vigilante that goes mm-hmm. around at night and just kind of takes care of business. He's the White Knight. He's the one who's on, on TV and in the daytime, he's, yeah. he's the face of justice. Yeah. We, can't, we can't mess that image up. Sure. So he goes into hiding essentially – as a, it's a lie. He takes mm-hmm. the fall of it. Yeah. So that's how it ends. Uh, he's not the hero. He's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one we need right now. Another you know great Clyde, great yep, line there. Line. But so much is setting up. So here now, I think I think in, I want to say in the timeline. Yeah, it's eight years. Batman hasn't appeared in eight years, and of course at this point nobody knows it's Bruce Wayne. Sure. You know? but, so right. um, that's where we pick up. And here and here is again underlying truth that I love. They built a lie. And the lie, though, the lie that Harvey Dent was good, whatever, mm-hmm. the truth came out eventually. Yeah. You could not, you cannot sustainably, you know, keep people happy, whatever it is, you know, whatever built on a lie. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what happened was, yeah, they had this lie and then it comes out that Harvey Dent actually was mm-hmm. the one who, who, uh, 
killed you know all those people and you know whatever yeah and so i, I thought hey i thought it was really good like hey the truth comes out and it will always prevail in the end sure and you cannot build anything on the foundation of a lie right uh and so so yeah dark knight rises you see uh, bane show up mm-hmm. bane's a great villain though he is, he is good he's a good villain tom hardy plays bane yep he does a good job let i me, love the opening scene great uh, scene let me let me tell you the biggest tragedy of the dark knight rises the casting of Catwoman. Horrible. Okay. Yeah, Horrible not choice. Uh, did not a good mm. choice. It just did not fit mm. at all. Like, I that can is, see that. That is one thing. It's like, this just doesn't go. Yeah. I don't even know if she was necessary to be there at all. But just the whole – her character and not, not you, know, you know, being mean to her. But it's like, it just didn't go. That yeah. I didn't like it at all. It's hard to overcome the um – the Anne Hathaway uh, stigma of you know whatever that early role she had as the uh, the ugly girl who what what man I'm forgetting that totally forgetting the name of that movie it's I like I her think, original I just, movie I just think of her like Princess Diaries Princess Diaries that's what I'm talking about oh, oh yeah okay, it's, okay. that's exactly it. it's hard oh, okay. to it's it really is and I think this was maybe one of those roles where she was hoping to to overcome that yeah. and whatever but I I do agree there there is a lot of um like. What purpose does your character serve? That's just it. It's like it's just doesn't. It's just filler. Uh, So yeah, yeah. I I get you there. So, um, you know, and then then the whole premise of this though is Bane comes out and he says, you know, I'm gonna basically kind of taking the same Joker approach. I'm gonna cause uh, Gotham to destroy itself from within, whatever. Um, And then you know, Batman makes the ultimate sacrifice supposedly at the end, but at the end he's still alive. Oh, dude, that Uh, ending! The ending's great. And, and the end, I think that's another reason, though, that the the movie gets a lot of heat, if you will, because they leave it as if they're setting it up, but they had no intention. See, that's that's the thing is I was I was super disappointed. Well, I guess I, going back, I was super stoked that very last shot when that floor starts to come yeah. up. It's like no way they're gonna. Like he's gonna take over the whole thing. It's like yeah. no, it's over. But Nolan had no intention of continuing that's the story really beyond that. However, I don't, is, I don't know if that's baller or like horrible. And this know. is an interesting rumor: is that supposedly the DC universe he was trying to set it up for okay. them, and and then Warner Brothers completely dropped the ball, basically. No way. Because shortly after uh, Dark Knight Rises, you know, we get another uh, couple years after that, or maybe it's the year after that, we have Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 2013, Man of Steel comes out. Okay. And so, and, and Nolan is a writer on that. Uh, he's not, he didn't direct it. He's okay. a writer and a producer on it, though. Okay. And so, um, you know, anyways, we're not going to get into all that, but basically, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to set up the universe for them. Okay. And they never did anything with it, hmm. which is which is tragic. It is. Um, so that, that's the Dark Knight series. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that encompasses it. Now, let's talk about a few of the other movies. Okay. And now I'm going to really go out of order because I'm going to talk about them in order of – I'm going to kind of blow through some of the ones that I don't want to talk about as much, like Interstellar. Okay, yeah, good, good not great. Not my favorite. Not my Some favorite. people love it. I, I thought it was cool. It was cool, decent, but not. It was really cool, and then but to me, just the end didn't do it for me. This is a weird the, ending. The end ruined it for me. Yeah, I think. Uh, he, uh, Dunkirk. I like Dunkirk. Dunkirk was good. Dunkirk is because th- what I like about Dunkirk is now they're going to take this his nonlinear story approach to true history. Yeah, uh, and they tell the so basically what they do is they tell the story of Dunkirk, uh, which is really a good, an amazing story. It's basically, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge untold story. It really. is basically that these the the Germans were closing in, mm-hmm. and the Allies had to escape, and survival was victory in this case. Yeah, like literally 
retreat. If, if we can get off of here, if we can get home, and then and all this, they, the the citizens of of the UK, yeah, like literally get in their boats and come across the English Channel to rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty cool. It pretty is pretty cool. cool. Pretty cool movie. The latest one is Tenet. Mm-hmm. Tenet came out last year. And I think that's the reason that it's not talked about as much because Nolan went ahead and said, we're going to release this thing anyways. And okay. he released it right in the middle of the pandemic. I went and saw it. I think that's one of the reasons that it's not as received. Okay. The other reason is it's definitely his trippiest movie thus far. I mean, I remember just seeing the trailers and I was like, okay, I am so confused here, which I, I know that's his style. Talk about messing with time. He really messes with time. Um, I'm not, I don't even want to try to explain it because okay. it's that complex. But I liked it. I, I, I've seen it a couple times. Okay. Um, and it is one of those movies. And some people don't like this, but I do. I like movies that you can watch. And that's what the beautiful thing about Nolan movies. You can watch them again and again and again. And you can always kind of pick up a new nugget. It's like, yep. wait, I never noticed that before. Yeah. Uh, and because his storytelling is so deep. And so that's what I like about Tenet. And I, I have a okay. feeling I'm going to rewatch that, uh, you know, every few months, every year, whatever. Yeah. And I'm always going to pick up something new. So okay. speaking of movies that are amazing and my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. Yeah. Inception. 2010 is when Inception came out. Yep. This is this is this is a top this is, dog of This is other than the Dark Knight trilogy, this is this is Nolan's masterpiece. It is. And he it really he released it kind of at the height of his career off the heels of the success of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Heading into the Dark Knight Rises, he releases it between the two of them. Yep. Uh, so if you haven't seen Inception, basically they explore the world of dreams. And Which sounds super cheesy, oh, but, but it's like whoa, yeah. Dude. But I mean, just the different layers and oh, that's dreams wild. within dreams, and, and, and it's like there's a little bit of this in, in Interstellar, but it's like hey, four minutes in this place equals two days in this place, yes, or whatever, like, it's yeah. It's just kind of like because I think I mean. I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but isn't it like a scene where like this van is like going off a bridge, but like yeah. an unbelievable amount of time yep. happens with like like a four or five seconds it would take to hit the water or something. Yeah. And it's like what in the world? It's, yeah, it's cool. It's super trippy, but it's awesome. Exactly. So uh, I, I do love Inception because uh, in fact I just the last time I saw Inception they re-released it in the theater leading up to because oh, it was the ten year twenty twenty okay. was the ten year anniversary. Sure, that would they be cool. I went and saw it in IMAX. Same thing all over again? I didn't think it could get better. Yeah. It was pretty great. <laughs> I'm so glad. Because, you know, so a lot of these movies I didn't earlier on, I didn't for whatever reason. I wasn't as much of a movie guy in my, I guess, when a lot of these came out. Right. So I didn't get to experience them in the theater. So the fact that I got to go back and watch that, that one in the theater, cool. that was pretty cool. Uh, so uh, Inception, again, we could. Die. It's, it's impossible to explain the story. You just need to watch it. Really it really is. You cannot explain that. But I think some of the truths okay. that we can pull out of them. I love the the battle between for the the central character Cobb played by um, Leonardo DiCaprio the battle between reality and the reality he's created for himself. Yeah. So basically, his wife is dead, mm-hmm. but yet he doesn't want to admit that she's dead. Yeah. And so in his dreams, he the whole premise is that in your dreams you can build you you can you can basically it's it's and you really can it's called lucid dreaming you can control what you dream. And so the whole premise is that he's built this world mm-hmm. inside of his dreams yeah. where his wife and his family, they're all still together. Mm-hmm. She's still alive. And it's just a bunch of memories from the past. And, and, uh, and, and he has trouble though, letting her go because he is so, 
I guess, so attached to the yeah. idea that in his dreams they're still together. Mm-hmm. But yet in order to truly move on, he's got to let her go even in, in that world. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to that mm-hmm. because there are, you know, when we when we experience loss, you know, whether in this case, loss of a spouse, it's pretty intense. That's, yeah. well, whatever it is, whether you're losing a spouse or you're losing a job or you're losing a loved one or even even moving away, relocating. Yeah. Um, I have had instances in my life where you do, you hold on to the memory. Yeah. And you don't let it go. And it holds you back. Oh, it's eat, yeah. And and you've got to grieve it and just let it go. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what that's what Cobb does here at the end. You know, he finally lets it go and embraces reality. And in in reality, he is restored to his kids because that was he was estranged from his kids because of a because right. of a they, they don't really explain it. It was basically a, a he was wanted and couldn't come back to the states. Okay. And so, but I think there's a lot of good truth there that you know how many of of us live in some type of false reality. Mm-hmm. So world we've created for ourselves or we're not we're not letting go of something that we need to just let go and we need to embrace the life that we have and that we've been given and just live it to the fullest right there's there's so many examples we've talked about the last few weeks is there's so many good themes here so many good things that people should be thinking of and pulling out of movies they probably don't even think about it's like what is this movie actually trying to tell me of Mm. course it's trying to entertain you of course it's meant to be kind of an escape but it's like what does this actually mean for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. you know there's like there's something there for sure so so as we kind of wrap things up this kind of wraps up our movie month here which has been really really just super enjoyed again if nobody else enjoyed it i enjoyed it uh but i i want to challenge the the listener the person who's watching what we always say we say don't be a mindless constant consumer and here's 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 why because when you are mindlessly consuming you're just watching just to watch just to maybe be entertained Mm -hmm. you are missing your first of all well before we get there first of all you are subtly picking up on the ideology that maybe the film creators actually want you to the subtle messaging that they are intentionally putting in trying to reframe your beliefs and ideology, which in many times is something that, you know, we talk about people of faith that they're really not on board with. Sure. Um, but the second reason is because you're going to miss all of the other really good truth that's there that, again, maybe the film creator meant or did not mean to put yeah. there. Though just the classic, again, going back, circling back to the classic storytelling elements that you really can't escape. And that is this, is that good always wins, yep. evil always loses. Going back to, sorry not to jump back to Marvel, but mm-hmm. we talked about, okay, uh, Thanos, you won. Well, in, the, in this part one, you did, but no, you actually ultimately lose. Right. And I think that is something that is constantly reminded throughout the vast majority of, of movies and the stories true. that are told is that good always wins. Yeah. You know, true, true righteousness always prevails. And whether um, they're trying to tell us that or not, yep. it is true yep. in life. It really is. And again, is. And, it, and it's promoting all these values, these things that you, you know, these positive, maybe traditional family values that. You know, maybe they at the same time are think they're trying to eliminate. A lot of right. times, it's still there, and mm-hmm. you can't escape it. So, the, as you watch movies, as you watch movie streaming, whatever it is, mm-hmm. keep this in mind. Uh, remember that there's always truth there, and try to be uh, conscious as you watch it. I was just going to say, try to look for something. Like you said, you always pick up a nugget and something. 
look for it. Intentionally look for it next yeah. time you're watching something like, hey, I don't really know what this movie is about. Look for it. You'll find it. I promise you. Yeah. And, you know, you and me, <coughs> excuse me, you and me, we always watch movies analytically. Yes, of course. From a technical perspective. And me and you both from a story perspective. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that we um, – so many times we – you know, people are like, well – because I'm being very analytical as I watch something. Mm -hmm. I've had people ask me. They say, hey, are you able to enjoy it when you watch it that way? And I say, well, actually, I feel like I enjoy it more. Because yeah, not only am I, am I having that level of just watching the movie – I'm analyzing it as we go. And yes. for me, that's again, that's why I love the movie theater experience. It's so dedicated. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to get every little part of it. So right. not saying everybody has to be a super movie critic or, or analytic, but don't just mindlessly watch, you know, be intentional in the way that you're consuming anything. But in this case, particularly these stories and forms of movies and streaming or whatever, whatnot. Bo, it's been good having you with us. Yeah, here man, this has for, been fun. Uh, really this has been this a good series. And I uh, hope everybody else liked it. And, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things. I really wanted to do it this month because, like I said, theaters are opening back up. People mm -hmm. are maybe starting to think about movies more. So I don't know if it's something that's like, hey, this will become an annual tradition. Because I don't know if I want to wait a whole year to talk about movies again. <laughs> we so, can't that long. you know, it might be something we just do every once in a while, you know, kind of do a review and a recap. And if it's something you'd like to hear from us, let us know, you know, I'd, Drop us a comment or an email or something, and we'd love to uh, uh, talk more about it in the future. So, Bo, again, thanks for being with us. It's been a, it's been a fun movie month. Yeah, man, it's been good. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Connection Culture. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts, or even on YouTube. Connection Culture is a production of the Must Increase Network. The show is edited and produced by Bo Snyder. Executive producer and host is myself, Luke Clayton. And if you want to help this content gets seen by others, then the biggest thing you can do is to simply like it on Facebook or YouTube and share it with your friends to help it get seen by others like you. After all, it's going to be so much more fulfilling when you get behind uh, the content you believe in, when you share, when you let others know, when you contribute in that way, because it is so much more fulfilling to be a creative contributor than to simply be a mindless, constant consumer. I'll see you next time right here on Connection Culture.